Chapter 2 Kane scrubbed himself from head to toe and pulled on his shirt one slow sleeve at a time. He combed his hair until his scalp prickled. Twice, he shaved his face with Cassia's laser blade before checking in the mirror for any spots he'd missed. When he couldn't stall any longer, he set off for the gallery and hoped she had finished her breakfast and gone somewhere else. Anywhere else, as long as he wouldn't have to spend another awkward meal sitting across from her at the table while the rest of the crew cast sideways glances at them and asked what was the matter. She'd locked him in the friend zone again. That was the matter. The instant he crossed the threshold, he scanned the galley and took in three faces, none of which belonged to Cassia. There was no sign of her at all, not even of the jacket she usually left balled up on the counter when working over the burners made her hot. The only proof she'd been there was a vat of porridge left simmering on the stove. He released a breath as the muscles in his shoulders unclenched. He was safe, at least until the next time their paths crossed on this sardine can of a ship. Morning. Rennie greeted from above the rim of his coffee cup. Steam fogged his glasses, and he scrubbed the lenses with a cloth napkin before scrutinizing Kane more closely. You feeling okay? he added, probably worried about transport madness. Spending enough time under the lamps? I'm fine, Captain, Kane said. It felt strange calling the former first mate Captain, and he wondered if he'd ever get used to it. Rennie was a good man, and they all loved him, but nobody could replace Phineas Rossi, the crotchety old half-mechanical battle axe who'd taken them in and made them a family. Catch a few watts after breakfast, and soak up all the rays you can when we stop on Vega. Rennie nodded at him. You've lost some pep in your step. I don't like it. Kane didn't like it either. He kept his thoughts to himself, but he wondered if a change in sleeping arrangements might help. It wasn't easy bunking three feet above Cassia every night, listening to the little moany noises she made in her dreams, and ignoring the floral scent wafting up from her perfume microbes. That was enough to shake any guy's screws loose. With only three cabins on the Banshee that left him the option of bunking with Rennie or asking Solara to switch rooms. Kane shifted a glance at Solara, who sat on Doran's lap with both arms locked around his neck, while he used the end of her long chestnut braid to tickle her nose. Those two were permanently joined at the hips. No way they'd give up their private quarters. Hey, Captain, Kane said. Mind if I bunk with you? Rennie didn't ask why, one of the many reasons why Kane liked him. Suit yourself, but I snore. Me too. At least, that was what Cassia claimed. It's a deal then. Rennie held up an index finger and dug inside his coat pocket, then produced Kane's watch. It was an antique, passed down from Kane's great-great-grandfather, and the only thing his dad had ever given him besides a tarnished last name. Rennie handed it over with an apology in his eyes. You might want to lock this up. I can't seem to stay away from it. Kane fastened the metal band around his wrist. As long as you don't lift the key to my lockbox. Rennie had done that before. The man had compulsive sticky fingers, a condition that forced him to flee Earth after he'd stolen from the mafia. Rennie grinned. I make no promises. Doran tore his gaze away from Solara long enough to ask, what's our ETA? 
but he kept one hand on her thigh and used the other to rub her back with all the dedication of a guy trying to summon a genie from its bottle. Kane made a face, but the pair didn't notice. About noon, Vega time, Rennie said. We'll dock there overnight, so feel free to use the shuttle if you want to meet up with your brother. That got Kane's attention. Doran's twin brother had invented a superfuel called Infinium, which was quickly becoming the most valuable substance in the galaxy. The guy was loaded, and he lived below the surface of a nearby planet in a swanky compound that included a beach simulator. I want in on that. But the shuttle only holds two people, Solara pointed out. Then I'll curl up in the rear hatch. For a two-hour ride? For as long as it takes. You must really want out of here. She had no idea how much. Rennie excused himself to check the autopilot, and Solara leaned forward.